Hey, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And welcome back to the Colored Pages Book Club. That's right, y'all. It is Mm -hmm. once again a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction and fantasy and sometimes magical realism written by writers from Colorful Backgrounds. Yes, Colorful Backgrounds in (laughs) D. Um, <laughs> everyone's like, "What in the horror podcast?" Anyway, um, yes, we y'all. Genres, right? It's like ah! it's like okay, Barcy, please stop. You will lose all of your listeners. Um, oh, yes, God. welcome back to the Color Pages Book Club. And today, y'all, it is. It's like it's giving last day of class. It's giving last mm-hmm. day of the semester because we're literally. We're like done. We're like about to go into the summer. This is, yeah, Yeah. the last episode before we launch into our summer short series. So feel free to finish up your final exams. Um, Mm -hmm. Turn those in, you know, turn in those textbooks. And yeah, just get ready to sign those yearbooks because we're going to finish off the season with a discussion of the second half of Kings, Queens, and In-Betweens by Tanya Potaju. Woo! Yeah, that's us. So, you know... Get your like icy pops or your like the milky ones that are, you know, milky if you're not lactose intolerant. I, Wait, I don't they know. Got, they got milky icy pops? I know. I just meant like a milk, like a, you know, like a, a fudge bar or something, you know. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah. ooh, or like those orange ice creams with like the, with the vanilla yeah. ice cream in the middle. Oh, them yeah. shits. Oh my God. So or, oh my God. Strawberry shortcakes. Oh mm-hmm. God. There you go. Choose your poison. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the world's probably like on fire and burning, but you know, right now and right here, we <laughs> are gonna bring a little optimism. <laughs> at least have an icy pop as the world burns. You know yeah, what I mean? like yeah. at least you know have some high fructose corn syrup. So right, right, like really, really make it worth your while. Um, speaking of worth your while, I. <laughs> have a question (laughs) uh yes beautiful what is your question friend yeah so well by the way we're we're being um you know i don't know facetious not because we are (laughs) unfeeling but because apparently laughter is the only way to get through the deep despair that we feel Mm -hmm. (laughs) millennials living at the end of late stage capitalism anyway back to the question (laughs) In this book, <laughs> in this book, um, well, I have two questions actually. So the first one is when there. So this is this. You know, there's a lot of drag performances in this book. So I wanted to ask you, when was your first drag performance? Or if you do not want to do your first, you can do your favorite. And then the second question. It's mm-hmm. a little different. It actually is a completely different exam. So, like the first one's social studies, the second one's, um, I guess, math. But okay, um, if in this book, Nima um, definitely does some things that one might consider embarrassing. Yes, um, and we all do things that someone, not us, might consider embarrassing, or that <laughs> us, that reminds us before we're about to go to sleep about all the embarrassing things we've done. Seems to be keeping. Mm tally of all our behavior just kidding what um, <laughs> so when you have done something embarrassing how have you handled it if you've handled it at all <laughs> mm. oh my god i love this okay so 
I'll start with the first question. So the first time I ever did a drag performance was actually in college, um, my freshman year. You were there, friend. I, <laughs> we I had like a we had like a school wide <laughs> drag show, and something. It was a very very Nima moment where like I was like, oh, that's so cute, drag show. Love that for us. Um, and then all of a sudden, somehow that became. I'm auditioning <laughs> for the drag show, which I did not really expect to happen next. And I was like, okay, but like there's auditions. Like they're like only going to pick three people. Like there's no way I'm going to be. And then they were like, yes, so Marcy, you actually did get chose. Um, so you're performing. <laughs> I remember being like, that's so wild because this isn't this like literally the same week as finals. And they're like, correct. And I'm like, interesting. Guess I'm not caring about finals because I'm over here trying to like choreograph and put together the show. Um, so yeah, so that was the experience. My drag name was Ratchety Ann. Yeah, it was giving yes. like a ragdoll situation. I like ended up dancing you had to pigtails. I had pigtails, and I was like this whole doll moment. Um, I was dancing to God. What was the song? It was um, was it asked by Big Sean? It might have been. Yes, and then, it was. Um, it was. It was it asked was by it. Big Sean. <laughs> And then there was like a little like there was a vocal moment and then the, not me singing girl. No, absolutely. It transitioned to like a track that I was like lip syncing to. And then it was like, I think the last song was Grow Up Hair by Kesha. Um, yes, it was. Yeah. And I remember at one point, like Aka was in the show with me. We're like dancing and shit. I'm like twerking on stage. I was literally I was doing what I thought was was a little bit of voguing at the moment, probably giving more noging, but that's OK. That's OK. Gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Um, so like, um, so yes, yeah, so it was like just super fun. And I remember like I had like this like fanny pack with like condoms and Jolly Ranchers inside, and I was literally just like throwing oh, yeah. it at people. Which looking back, like probably hazardous, you know? Like I'm like maybe don't throw <laughs> Jolly Ranchers. Like literally like throw rocks at bitches. Like what? So didn't get sued though. We love that. Love that. No. Um, and it was fucking amazing. I was so. It was one of those experiences where, like, during it, like, I was just, like, like right before I went on, I was, like, oh, I'm going to have a heart attack. Oh, a heart attack is actually what's going to happen because I am so goddamn nervous. Um, but the moment I got on stage, I just complete, completely blacked out. And it was really everything. Um, yeah, so that was my first time in drag. Um, and when it comes to hard pivot how i handle embarrassing <laughs> situations um i feel like i don't be getting embarrassed like that but maybe that's because i'm old um let's see i'm trying to think like actually I, mm, I can attest to that i i find that you don't you don't i haven't seen you get deeply embarrassed i've um, never been like yeah. yeah i like I mean, I, I you know, I, like sometimes, but like, I feel like usually the way I handle it is like, like if it's some kind of like social faux pas or like, I don't know, like I'm like talking for too long or like I like do, I don't know, something weird. I remember actually, let, let's actually dial back. Cause I remember in high school, actually, I, I used to be very like socially anxious. So I definitely would like kind of ruminate on things that I'd done and be like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So I remember then I would like now I'm like, okay, if I like, you know, do something embarrassing or like whatever, like I'll just be like, okay, girl, what we did was our best. Um, so I don't know, whatever. I had some texture to the life, I guess. Um, but like back then <laughs> I was kind of more like, I was, I was just more like, I think I would ruminate for a little bit and, and like replay the social interaction in my mind and be like, oh, I should have said this. I should have said this. Like da, da, da. this is usually like when I like had like a crush or someone like with whom I would like feel more like socially 
immobilized. So I was like, they're just so beautiful. Um, and so, like, I think what I would do is just, like, replay it in my mind. So and beautiful. Be, and, I, and I would just, and I would just, it's like, it's like, what? <laughs> like, I would just, I think I would, I like. see you in the rain, like, tearing open your, sh- you know, like, very dramatic. No, anyway. no like, literally, like, my head, like, vibrating, just being like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Which is pretty much everyone who's having a crush, right? Like you could tell walking down the street, like, oh, that person. They're they're literally vibrating, like, like falling out of their body, damn near. Like, and I'm just like, okay, I guess you're enamored. Um, but yeah, no, I would, yeah, usually replay the interaction, and then I would get to a point where even in my own rumination, I'd be like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. Like, I cannot replay this for (laughs) the twelfth time. So here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna take whatever feedback from the situation, be like, okay, like next time we're gonna do this, this, and this, and we are literally not thinking about this anymore. Or I just journal about it. I write it down and be like, okay, I've been thinking about this forever. I'm gonna write this down. I'm done. Is there? If the thought ever comes up, I have to go back into my journal and read it. And because I'm usually unwilling to do that, I'm like, okay, guess we're just going to move on. And then we just move on. So, yeah, that's kind of what I used to do. Um, oh, I like so, that. yeah. I like that. Like, you, okay, friend? if you're going to think about this again, you're going to have to go read it in your journal. I don't want to. Okay, well, then stop thinking about it. Oh, okay. Right. Like, that's a really good safety valve. I That's, yeah. that's really smart. And the gag was, like... It never added anything. Like, I'd be like, okay, we can think about this if you're going to add something new to the situation. But, like, when I would go back and reread my thoughts, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that actually pretty much covers everything. It's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, sounds it. like I it. I had it. It was all covered. I... Yeah. So, if you're really that pressed, you can read it again. But you seem like you're you're yawning as I'm even suggesting that. So, I, I don't think you're that bought in. <laughs> so, yeah, like, let's just move the fuck on. And, like, I don't know, have a grilled cheese, bitch. And then, like, I, like, have grilled cheese with, like, me. Um, like just two of me at a table eating grilled cheese. <laughs> so <Right. yeah. laughs> as one does. Anyway, as one. Right, exactly. It was like I cloned myself and then had grilled cheese. Like that's how I handled my embarrassing situations. Like I don't know what the and fuck y'all like, are doing. <laughs> but it's worked out for me. Like, so walks over and they're like, When did you clone yourself? And you're like, less important. I'm not ruminating. So Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, Does this actually change the divide of like the rent payments? Because now we got three roommates instead of two. Right. So like how's it gonna work? And I'm like, I actually don't think we should fall into those logistics because like only one of like uh, only one of the clones has a job. So like I don't like this like this is like a, this is more like a sleepover situation. Like it's just like, right. you know, th- this one's gonna be here. Like, they're gonna be gone by tomorrow, so don't worry about it. But <laughs> Yeah. So oh, that's funny. Anyway, what'd you do, friend? Yeah, okay, so my first my first drag performance, as Marcy uh, pointed out, was actually with Marcy. Um, I was, um, I don't know, sitting around college, probably, like, listening <laughs> to music and being whimsical. And Marcy, like, was, <laughs> in typical Marcy Akko fashion, Marcy was like, I'm doing a thing, do you want to join me in the thing? And I was like, hmm, yes. <laughs> so somehow, for reasons, like, I don't remember why, I became the backup dancer, one of three backup dancers, I think. Mm. And um, I think we did help, like, plan the performance, right? Like, I remember being... Yeah, sitting there planning and helping. And the I remember the Jolly Ranchers. And so I feel like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jolly Rancher Day, like... <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't... And it's actually... I actually ended up being the backup background dancer in two drag performances in college. So I was like, you know what? As a cis straight woman, this is probably the best role I could play as supporting cast in the background. <laughs> on stage. like that's probably <laughs> the right answer it was really fun i, I mean it was correct. really fun 
Yeah, mm. right. Like, and it was, I don't know, it was really fun to support you. And I think it was cool watching you on stage because you really, I, you know, Marcy's kind of underplaying how wondrous they were on stage. They really, you know, they really had a lot of stage presence. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was very beautiful. And so, yeah, I can't remember any of the moves I did or if I had a costume. I can't, like, in my mind, I'm, like, dressed up as, like, broccoli or something, like, dancing in the background. Like, that's not true. Like, there was... <laughs> broccoli. <laughs> I was not dressed Like, literally just you. Like, everyone else is just, like, in regular costumes, <laughs> like, outfits. You're just, like, broccoli inexplicably. No context. No one explains it. Damn, I wish I did that. No, we, we really should have had your own broccoli. And like I want to just be like, wait, what's the what's the through line here? And it's just <laughs> like, oh god, I would have, oh my god, that would have been perfect. It's fine. Next time, next time. So anyway, yeah. So that was enjoyable. Um, no notes. Great experience. Okay. Speaking of experiences <laughs> that aren't great, is me and any embarrassing moment that I've had. I am not good at dealing with embarrassment. N- neither my own mm. or other people's. I. <laughs> <laughs> I am really bad at secondhand embarrassment too. I get really, it's like, so what I am good, and it's weird because if you put me in like a deeply serious traumatic situation, I'm like all of a sudden my brain is like Doctor Strange, like, do, 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 we gotta go here, do, 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 grabbing people, throwing mm-hmm. people where they need to be. But you give me an awkward conversation with your ex, and I'm like, um. Have we considered disappearing from this existence? (laughs) (laughs) What if we just (laughs) skipped into the fourth dimension and everyone's like, is it that serious? Didn't I just see you like, I don't know, like go against the big bad? And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. And they're like, but you are like paralyzed because you like said something incorrectly on a bus. And I was like, some of us have social anxieties. And Mm. yeah, that's rough for us. So it's a little hard being a black woman with some type of anxieties because people mm. don't really see that as a face that would be anxious. And I think we read a little differently when we're anxious. Um, or uh, No, we do not read differently, but people do not necessarily correctly notice our anxieties and take mm. it as anger or, <laughs> or yeah. haughtiness. Um, so that's, so I have, you know, I ruminate a lot on my, I don't, I have a really hard time putting things away. Like that thing mm. you did where you're like, time to move on. I'm like, mm-hmm. but what if I pulled it back out again? And they're like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's actually the aggressive opposite of moving on. Um, mm. so yeah, I don't have an answer for y'all, but I still struggle with that. I like your little journal thing though, about having something like a cutoff. Like if you don't want to go back and look at this, which I never want to read an old di- journal <laughs> entry. Yeah, it's, it can be beautiful, but that shit can also be kind of depressing sometimes. Cause you're like, damn, I've been thinking about this for this long. Oh right. God, I got to make changes to my life. Yeah, and maybe, I don't know, maybe 
huh, what do you think? Well, you know, quick brainstorming session. Like this is the last day of class. It's like when your teacher's like sitting there with potato chips in her hand, like, and she just like puts a movie on and she's like, what do you guys think about this? And you're like, man, miss such and such. Like, I didn't know that you like right. laying your hair down. Like, anyway. Um, is this like a facilitated conversation? You're just like, oh yeah, what do y'all think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is not, is this instruction? Anyway. Um, right. She's like, look, I gotta start my second job. Like, I don't. I, right. <laughs> tell me what y'all think. Come on now. <laughs> um, but what do you what do you think is the purpose of embarrassment? And like, you know, what's a health? What's a way to have a healthy relationship within? Mm. I just, you know, I feel like, and, and and this is something that I feel like I've been primed to a little bit just throughout my life. I feel like I, on a, on a meta level, I feel like embarrassment. It just adds like it, it kind of it, it's sort of like a forced. I like to reframe it as just like humor. Like I feel like for me that's the most helpful way of like putting it because it's like okay, like if I'm like in an embarrassing situation, obviously there's nuance, right? Like I'm not talking about like situations where people are being like humiliated and like you know, you know, put in like really fucked up situations. But like assuming it's just like something where it's like I don't know, like a server is like, oh, enjoy your meal, and you're like, you too, and like it's like, oh, LMAO, like what? It's like it's like it kind of just like takes you out of the matrix for a second to be like, oh, like LOL, like whatever, like you know, like it's like oh, like that. It just I kind of see it as like just the universe like having fun with itself a little bit. Um, so I feel like it's in those situations, it's it's just kind of meant to like add some, just like some texture, you know, kind of at least for me, it forces me to kind of like be less concerned with like oh like how do i like be perfect or show up in a certain way as opposed to just like i don't know just being human and making mistakes and saying like shit that doesn't make any sense um (laughs) just like being like whatever but i've also been someone who like just i remember especially growing up like i used to be in a lot of friend groups where like i was sort of the how do i explain this like like people would just joke around with me a lot like it was just like i don't know like it was just like a culture of like you know folks we would like make these like little jabs at each other like it was just you know it was what it was but i also like i was a pretty easy target in a lot of ways you know like just my general <laughs> disposition and like things like that people would just like just like you know like say and again it's not in like a malicious way but like just would, like you know we just like poke fun at each other here and there you know like or just mm. you know like they in like these like small little gestures and sometimes i mean you and i, I noticed we don't do that like as much but sometimes like it it can show up here and there and i feel like i've always i've always been very comfortable with that because i'm just like i don't mind if like i don't know i am showing up in a way where the where the girls are like marcy girl what like it's like what is going on here but it's like it's like all in good fun so like i think for myself i've i've I'm used to sort of being I, I I don't mind being in the spotlight in that way or like having people like comment on things that I'm doing or like, you know, something silly that I, like I said or like a way that I show it up. And it's like, OK, we're all just like laughing. We're having a good time. Like, it's not a big deal, you know. So like, I think for me, I've always kind of been I've always I've been used to that. So like when I'm in a situation that's like embarrassing, I feel like it's easy for me to like pivot out of it or just be like or, or, or just make a joke out of it. And it's just like we just like move on. Um and it's just like okay like whatever um but obviously i recognize that that's like a very specific experience that like not everyone's going to share um because i imagine for example Mm. in the same friend groups i think about for example in high school like there are certain people where like if they were in the spotlight or like people were like you know making these little jokes at like the things that they did like i i know they would have probably like you know taken it much more seriously or been like 
you know maybe like upset about it or like things like that and it's, and it's not to say like right like there's no limit of course like there's definitely there you can you can go too far right um but assuming that it's like okay these are healthy relationships these are people i care about we're just like you know it's just like it's a cute tit for tat it's a shade here and there you know it's just it's just like you know we're just kicking you know like it's just we're just yeah, hanging out it's like yeah. not a big deal um i feel like i've just yeah i kind of grew up with that so i feel like it's easier for me to like kind of be in that space which is very mm. interesting because i feel like that's not something i really talk about a lot but like when i think about it, i'm like oh yeah i guess that does inform a lot of a lot of elements of my like personality um yeah i can see that yeah I, so i think i i agree with you i think what if i drill down to it like if you take like the sinister side of your good experience i think that's where people get like afraid of embarrassing mm. situations right so, like i I grew up with a lot of racist people, y'all. <laughs> I know, funny story, not funny. Um, and I do think, and I, you know, I'm an immigrant kid, child of immigrants. So I think there was a lot of, I think there's a way that bigotry society, like oppressive places can use humor to degrade or there's mm. a lot of humiliation, even without humor. There's a lot of attempts to humiliate, whether for your food or your looks or your smell or your family. You know, there's a lot of... Mm -hmm. And so attention can be really frightening. And so anything... And you have to... You, I think for it's a lot of like walking on a tightrope. And so mm -hmm. anything that would push you off is like too frightening. And so like a situation that should seem innocuous becomes dangerous and i wonder mm. if that's where some of it because i was thinking about like in situations that are only like moderately embarrassing are like fine but anytime where i feel like feel like someone is being like um degraded or humiliated even if it's like not really that serious i find myself very stressed <laughs> like mm. you know what i mean like even if it's not if even if the person wouldn't consider it that serious like it's just a light thing like i think it triggers like like a deep like fear for me um so yeah. i think laughter can can have a sinister component but i actually think one of the really cool because you're from atlanta and I, I think one of the cool things about atlanta and and it it's black culture is that very like kind of lighthearted tit for tat, which is also true of all the African mm -hmm. diaspora, right? But that doesn't necessarily culturally translate <laughs> to whiteness, mm -hmm. you know? And so yeah. humor can have a very different flavor and embarrassment has a different tactic, you know? It has a different strategical use right. for continuing, you know, a mm -hmm. social norm. Yeah. Uh, for some, for so, you know, depending on on where where you are um okay so that is my thinking i don't have an answer but do you want to get into the summary of the story let's yeah speaking of embarrassing oh my let's god let's begin let's get into it because who child nima clark there is no shortness of embarrassing situations here um so yes let us take a quick break and when we get back we'll get into the plot summary back 
Yeah. Okay. So let us hop right in. So for those who listened to part one, which I hope was everybody, <laughs> um, Charles, the the, the story this is not going to make a lot of sense if he did. It's, not, it's going to make no sense otherwise. Uh, but basically, so in the last episode, um, the story cut off when Charles stormed off after being embarrassed by this whole situation where, like, you know, like, he was with Nima. They, like, wrote this poem. Um, he was going to, like, read it out loud to Tess, but then, like, mm-hmm. Davis was there and, like, snatched it and read it out loud and was like, this is so whack, like, LMAO. And it was like, wow, this is, like, really a lot. Um, so Charles is mad at Nima. Nima, try, in, in, you know, in part two, tries to, like, reconnect with him, like, reach out to him, but he's, like, really upset, not responding to her text messages. Um, and just, you know, the, the vibe is not there. Mm-hmm. So Nima's like, okay, well, Charles ain't trying to kiki. I guess I'm gonna go to work. So she's like, you know, there's a scene <laughs> shortly thereafter where she's like working with Jill. Um, Jill again works at like a like a pot plant shop situation. Um, so like Nima's been helping her over the summer. And one day, um, a letter actually comes in from Nima's mom. So mind you, for for those who dun, dun, dun. Uh, might recall, Nima's mom um, ended up leaving, like walked out on the family about a year and a half ago. And so Nima was like, wait, what the fuck? My mom, like what's going on here? And so the letter itself is actually pretty short. But basically in it, Nima's mom, um, her name is Kate. Kate's like, yeah, so I, I'm like summarizing. Obviously, it wasn't written like this, but she was basically just like, yeah, like I, you know, would love to like reconnect. Um, and you know, essentially, like Nima, if you're interested in like meeting, I, I'm happy to do so. Joe can bring you, mm-hmm. and also maybe give you some context on like what's going on here. Um, but like, I would love to reconnect and like you know, all that. So Nima reads this and is furious because she's like, first of all. This letter in totality was what, like 92 words? That's it? That's all I gotta say, Kate? That's it? You just left my life for a year and a half, and all you gotta say is, like, oh yeah, girl, like, would love to key. It's like, what the fuck? Like, so she's like, for the, the, she was mad about that. And then also, she, like, the letter, you know, hence she was like, oh, Jill has more information. She can kind of fill you in on the situation. And so she's like, wait, so Jill, like, you know what's going on here? Like, you've had secrets this whole time, and like, you, like, my mom left a year and a half ago, and you provided no indication that, like, you at least tangentially knew what was going on there. So Nima's like, it's fuck you to my mama, fuck you to Jill. And she's like, you know what? I'm gonna rip off this I'm gonna rip this letter and I'm I'm I, <laughs> I'm out. Like, y'all got it, mm. whatever. So she storms off. So Nima's like, wow, like Charles is a chop, Jill's a chop, my mama is a chop. So I guess I'm just gonna reach out to Winnow again. Winnow for mm. context is the, is the same woman that um that Nima met last in, in part one at like that like drag show and like it, be- but before like they met like in the in like the tent where like she was doing yes. the poetry and blah blah blah. So and basically she was, she like, was like which body part and everyone was, like, was like ooh sexy. It's like you know it's like oh this is so fun. So basically she was and like, it was like so a time like, warp and they were there for ten years but actually like five minutes. Right exactly and like yeah like I felt like I was there for ten years. Um yeah so like basically <laughs> Nima was like let me jump back into the time warp and reach out to Winnow. <laughs> And she's like, Winnow, what's good? Like, we should hang out. Like, boop, 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 boop. She also, like, has a huge crush on Winnow. Um, yeah. 
And so when I was like, yeah, girl, pull up, like pull up. And so Nemo's like, okay, bet doing that. So she like talks to her dad and she's like, hey, can I like go to like, cause like they don't live in the same town. So Nemo's in Bridgeton. I think, uh, when I was in Northgate and so she's like, hey, dad, can I go to Northgate and like vibe with Winnow? And he's like, who's this Winnow? What, what time are you going to be back? Wait, what's going on? It's a party. What? Like asking all these questions. But basically, um, they have a conversation like, and her dad's like, you know what? Like I'm down. Um, but just like, you know, make sure you're safe. Make sure that she treats you well. Um, Deidre also is going to like, you know, Deidre can take you and like, you know, it'll be this whole thing. So basically she's like, okay, I have a ride. I'm about to hang out with Winnow. It's about to be lit. Like we so lit. So she's like, my <laughs> life is turning around. My life is turning around. <laughs> so she's like it's a musical she's like there are birds coming into the air like she's like sorry (laughs) no she's literally like twirling for like the final number she's like i've reached the pinnacle of of self-acceptance and it's like "Mm okay okay let's just Mm -hmm. let's turn the page right quick so we turn the page (laughs) and nima is at winnow's house and at first it is generally cute you know, she's at Winnow's house. Mm-hmm. She meets her roommates, gets to know the space. It's a very sort of artistic space. A lot of like, you know, fun art on the wall and like a lot of like high energy type of pieces and things like that. Um, turns out that one of uh, Winnow's roommates does drag as well. And so like, you know, they like talk about that. It's like cute. It's like, woo, woo, woo. like they're hanging out. Right. Mind you, Nima for context. I think this is also important to name. Nima is 17. All of these people are like, I think at least 21. Yeah, 21. Um, yeah. So, what's up? I, well, continue. I have a, like a slight footnote, but continue. Yeah. So basically, at this point, so so the plan is that the four of them, so Nima, Winnow, and their two and her two roommates, are gonna all go to like this pool party, um, and like hang out. But beforehand, Nima's like super nervous, so they're like you know all drinking beers at the house, and she's like, okay, I'm gonna drink my beers. Like I just need to like loosen up a little bit. But um. Say what you're going to say before before we continue. Yeah, I you know, in the last episode, we're like, we don't love this 1721 divide. And actually, what about, is about to happen is exactly why we don't love it. Because yeah. Nima is in the situation. The only person who should be watching out for her best interest is also a love interest. A love, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no one here who's like Nima's older sis or older right. person. And then also, like, all of y'all have a completely different, you know, like, interest or things that you're worried about, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. You're 21. You have to, but that's exactly why it's not great. And she, she doesn't have a vehicle to get back home by herself. She has mm-hmm. no autonomy to handle the situation. And yet she's in a situation where you're supposed to have equal power. Like, that's a tenuous situation at best. And while this is played off pretty funnily in this book, this could have been a much more serious situation. Down. And so, you know, I, I just, that's, this is why we're concerned. It's not like we're just like, Ooh, differences in age is like a problem. It's not just like on its face an issue, but when it's Mm going to end in a situation like this, where someone's in actual danger, basically, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's why. But if she had been 20, if she had already graduated high school, like she would have much more, you know, like 
leeway yeah. <laughs> and maybe right. more experience with people her age, you know? So that's, mm-hmm. that's really our concern here. All right. Sorry. Continue. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, definitely echo all of that. We'll, we'll get into what happens next in a, in a second, but yeah, but to Akko's point, this, this could have very easily gone left and it would have, yeah, just been obviously really horrible. Um, so they're all drinking. They go to the pool party. It's a vibe. Like there's like eight pools. Like they're like, yeah, there was like eight pools. I was like, there's eight pools. Eight like pools. what? <laughs> like I was like, what that's the like fuck? Seven too many pools. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, that's seven excess pools. Um. So they're like, yeah. So we're there with our eight. I'm like, okay, so was were, were, were there enough people where someone was in each pool? Like I'm sorry. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so like basically I was like, how big is the venue? Anyway, so they're like at the eight pools and Nima's like, okay. Like she's like, you know, chatting with Winnow here and there when I was like, you know, being flirty, da, 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 da. Nima's like, I am so unbearable. Like she's like, I cannot handle the situation. I'm overstimulated. She's like, I'm going to keep drinking and like grab hella beers and ciders because I'm literally so nervous. Going to throw up. And so she's like drinking a lot. And and Winnow to to her credit was like, Hey, friend, here's some water. Maybe slow down, you know? Like it's it's cool. But like Nima's like, you know, she's trying to like the she's trying to be cool, right? Like her whole mm-hmm. thing is like, I just wanna like be normal, I wanna be interesting, I wanna be fun, I wanna like show them I can like hang, like da da da. And so at one point they're all so Nima, Winnow, all of them, they're like at the one of the eight pools. And like Nima's like just chilling, and then all of a sudden she throws up in the hot tub that all of them are in. They're all currently Everyone. in the they're hot tub, and she it. throws like, up in the same hot tub that they're all the water of right. which is touching everybody. It's touching everyone, which is and also by the way, they're not wearing swimsuits; they're just wearing their undergarments. So it's just oh like yeah, actually we don't have a change of clothes. This is actually this was we don't. Clothes. This was right. And now we're just co- it, it, the book did say like motherfuckers grew wings like literally flew out the damn pool so before it was yeah. like too bad but basically she like throws up Nima's like I swear to God so she just completely just is like just shuts down she's like I cannot even like she doesn't even like get out of the pool originally because she's like I'm so embarrassed I actually <laughs> I actually like just Can't I will, yeah. I actually want to disappear like this is actually the most mortifying situation I've ever been in and so. They end up going back to the house or whatever. Um, Nima, of course, ruminates and is like, wow, like that literally, like every time she thinks about it, she remembers new details of how embarrassing it all was. Um, the next day, Winnow tries to comfort her and is like, hey, like, you know what happens? Like, blah, blah, blah. But Nima was like, I, I need to get the fuck up out of here. Like, I, I just yeah. I just need to go. So she leaves. She goes back home and she's like, wow. So my mom, Jill, is a fuck you to both of them. Charles is still not talking to me. I've completely ruined yeah. everything with Winnow. So guess i'm just gonna wander about bridge 10 and then of course she runs into gordon grant who sucks and he's like you know being like he's like being hella rude he's like hanging out with tess and like basically he was like oh yeah like i'm with tess like we have a lot of fun together like boop 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 toxic masculinity like i'm a man like "Mm, girl and she's like i'm so (laughs) this is literally the least fun thing um so she's just like she took out a a clipboard and she was like i'm just looking at my list of fun things this is actually not on there (laughs) like she like pulled out her like fun meter and she's like huh non-responsive i i guess the fun meter is not detect this is literally the last this is not it's like it's like beneath the list of things that are fun um so basically she's like wow literally hate this 
But she does notice. She's like, okay, Gordon, like, whenever he's, like, doing his, like, I'm a man, like, boop, 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 boop. Like, she's like, I don't know. I don't really fully buy it. Like, something in his facial expression, like, just feels like he doesn't even fully believe the things that he's saying. Like, it's just, it's yeah. giving nuance, you know, it's giving this other shit going on. So she's like, okay, file save, notice. It's almost um, like Gordon is performing in his real life. Right. I'm like, that's not like Wild. unlike lay masculinity that a lot of people are doing, just performing what they think they're supposed to do. And Nima's mm. like, girl, I'm gonna go thrifting. So she like goes so to then, the thrift store. Not to be that person, but like if all of us are performing our masculinity, what is is you know, maybe we have it switched. Like drag isn't the performance reality is. Right. And that's why people and, and it's a, that's a great point. We can I, I I wanted to actually bring that up, but like I yeah, I think that's that's the, the, the book speaks on that too, right? How like Nemo when she goes on to do drag, she's like, huh, this actually feels like like the most honest I've been ever. <laughs> like, you know, it just it just it it's giving or at the very least, like there's a there's a realm to play here. Like there's gender play in a way that we don't really like in a cis normative heteronormative society that's not really granted um but if to it's people not maybe granted. a little bit in childhood but even then like right. usually i mean young boys i mean aren't, aren't really yeah pretty quickly given much room like, there yeah it's yeah. pretty police pretty quickly um but eventually for everybody there's yeah you know, for every yeah that it's true. and young girls are really are really police too that's that's just true yeah um but if that's the case, I don't know. It's just really interesting that people are like, we need to ban certain shows and certain not shows. But it sounds like if we're banning, you know, performances of gender, <laughs> then maybe mm. we need to ban our reality because that's all any of us are doing. Period. I mean, that's all we're doing anyway. I don't, I don't, I'm just asking. I just, so, just thought I'd put that out there. Okay. <sighs> Sorry. Continue. So Nima witnesses our conversation. She's like, hmm. So she goes thrifting. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to go to the thrift store. Maybe I can talk to Jenny. She like hangs out with Jenny. Like she's like crying at one point. Like Jenny like gives her a hug. And she's like, let's like do a cute makeover scene. Let's get you some new clothes. Like have you feel like a new person. <sighs> then at one point, they're both like, Nima's trying something on. It like gets stuck. She's like, Jenny, I need your help. So Jenny like comes into the dressing room helps her get out of like the clothes but like they're like there's like a lot of lingering looks and like brushes against skin and da 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 tldr they start making out um jenny fully initiates it she's like i'm going in for the kiss literally um so they're like making out it's like cute or whatever and nima's like oh my god what the fuck and then jenny's like oh wait actually sorry i'm straight i'm like super straight and like i i'm so sorry i didn't like i like was just curious like i didn't mean to like lead you on <laughs> nima's like bro like yeah, what like, look, so, wait, this, that's not look that's okay. not there's a lot of spaces between you just didn't have to do that. Like, like it's not okay. <laughs> it like just, just I was like, why the it. fuck did this happen? And then also like it was funny because this like basically never really came up again. So I'm like, hmm. yeah, yeah, it had no influence on the plot whatsoever. Like at so. all. Like Jenny actually wasn't even. I don't. I think that was actually Jenny's last appearance last in scene. the book, yeah, just being messy book. boots. 
So even even Tanja Boteja was like, you know what? Actually, let's just we'll just write out her <laughs> let's character. Just move on. <laughs> let's just let's just leave. We're gonna even leave, even the author that. was like, uh, I don't know. Next, page. I'm. She's like, I created these characters, and girl, I'm tired. And I'm like, I mean, that's a vibe. <laughs> like, I get it. Uh, sometimes your own characters be exhausting the fuck out of you. Um. So yeah. So basically. Later on, um, Jill ends up like pulling up to Nima's house and I was like, look, let's like go out to dinner. I know things were really intense with the letter. Let me just like explain what happened. So they go off, they go out to dinner and basically Jill explains essentially what happened with, with Kate. So basically rewind like eight years, um, Nima and them, her parents, Nima and them, Nima and her family, (laughs) um, moved into like their new house or whatever. And when they were moving into the new house, uh, Jill was actually their real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, throughout the process, like, Joe got close to, like, Kate and, like, um, Nima's dad. And, like, she kind of got a vibe from Kate over the years. Like, she was like, I feel like Kate's, like, she was like, I'm into Kate. Like, I'm definitely into Kate. But, like, I don't want to, like, be messy and, like, you know, make shit complicated here. But she also was getting the vibe that Kate was into her. So she was like, huh, interesting, interesting, interesting. And then basically there was a day uh, about a year and a half ago, not a coincidence, right, where essentially the two of them, Kate and Joe, we're outside. They're like hanging out. At one point, uh, Kate kisses Jill, and like they're like kissing for a while. And then Jill's like, "We stop. We can't do this. Like this is fucked up. Like da da da." Kate gets really upset. She's like, "Oh my god! But like you're I like you've been leading me on. Like I know like you're like you're like trying to have this happen. Like da da da. Like what the fuck is this? Which is not." how you should respond if someone's like hey i actually don't want to do this anymore you're actually not entitled to keep hooking up with no them um yeah so basically um kate storms off jill's like wait what like what's going on so they end up like in the baseball field outside the school and they are talking for a while i think they end up kissing again and gordon's dad saw um so i forget his name but like he was there and like said awful things to them and basically like they were like fuck like he like there's witnesses like what's gonna happen next and so kate i don't okay so like no i just gordon's dad is first of all came out of nowhere like like adam nowhere like why are you here sir yeah like you're like don't you you have a kid (laughs) so it's like what are you doing at a random baseball field like by yourself just watching two people make out and like what it was nothing there's nothing on television they you don't right. have any friends like, you ain't got so the prices confused. right like right. what like, jeopardy ain't no telling me those all like right, right. It's, it's shit going on like i don't young and restless like nothing bitch like you just you just in the baseball field you just in the baseball <laughs> yeah. field weird so weird anyway I mean, maybe he was like you know we don't maybe he was deeply journaling and like think contemplating his place in the universe but if that was the case he would have let these girls alone so exactly like, anyway anyway yeah continue. so basically they're like fuck there's witnesses and so kate okay in the book it makes i think some of it was framed as like there was a fear about like being outed or this getting out and like essentially like kate being overwhelmed and was like i don't know what to do and so like she leaves shortly thereafter i think there's definitely way more to the story than that i don't think it was simply because of the jill situation because also to your point gordon's dad even if he tried to get this out he kind of lacks the social capital to really do so convincingly like i mean we could easily like write that off you know what i mean so i think there was like some other underlying things i think if i had to posit i would say there was something else just deeper probably within the theme in the realm of identity yeah or or you know not wanting this life you know right yeah like i 
that's this is not excusable behavior by the way you can't just leave your oh yeah no because you don't want your life anymore you can leave your spouse maybe you know well when you talk to them mm-hmm. <laughs> but like just running out of people's lives is yeah you yeah. have some stuff you have to work through that doesn't mean you just you know abandon your responsibilities sorry that's anyway right. that might be too critical of a response to be fair no i I, fair. I don't think it is i i i, I mean I still hold that <laughs> viewpoint now at the end of the book. I'm like, yeah, still. And we'll get into, uh, oh my God. Um, yeah. Nima's mom is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, Nima is conflicted hearing all of this because she's like, okay, one, I'm pissed at my mom for cheating. Um, pissed at Jill because she was like part of like the reason why she left. Um, mad at my dad because like wow like you've been like very passive this whole time and like i don't know like i feel like you didn't even really like fight for us like as a family um but also she's kind of comforted by like jill's queerness and she's like okay well like at least like i mean i like i already knew what it was given with jill low-key but like it's kind of nice to have it like said out loud you know yeah um and so basically jill's like okay so like whatever we want to do next as far as like seeing your mom or not like just let me know and nima's it's like i don't fully hate the idea i am like partially open to it so right yeah so yeah so nima hasn't landed on what she's gonna do about her mom but she you know decides maybe to take a a walk a stroll down memory lane and heads back to her Mm -hmm. old house because of jill's story and she runs into gordon because the plot like, where else would Gordon have been? Apparently, him and his father just <laughs> randomly are in places for plot convenience. And he is definitely drunk and a little volatile. But he ends up telling Nima, well, first he's angry. He's like, you know, you had the photos, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Nima's like, okay, I'm going to very calmly just support you. <laughs> I'm just going to emotionally... Mm be here for you as you work through what it you're working through because we used to garden together and I realized there's probably a lot going on in your head. So he talks about how he doesn't feel like his body is right and maybe he doesn't entirely like it and it's possibly some gender dysphoria and Nima mm-hmm. offers support but doesn't really say any, she doesn't really know what to say, you know, but she's like, look, I am here for you. And I think that's probably your best bet in that situation if you're 17 and talking to someone else. So, I mean, it's definitely much better support than she gave Charles. What? Okay, so anyway, while Gordon... (laughs) 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 So, speaking of Charles, so they go back to her, like, porch, and they're sitting there, and Gordon's talking to her, and then Charles sees them, and, like... It's just like, I'm going to keep walking because this is literally my bully and you're just hanging out with him. So Nima's decision, which I I think is questionable, she like runs up to Charles and she's like, you have to believe, you have to trust me. I know this guy is a bully who's only shown toxic masculinity to me and Mm -hmm. others and has used various numbers of, of, of slurs, but there's something else there. And Charles is like, I would like to go home. And she's like... Charles, you don't even, we have real problems. Get over Tess. And you're like, okay, um, <clears throat> Nima, <laughs> I, mate, you're, you're right. You guys do have real problems. But do you know if Charles 
has problems. I mean, I'm just looking at this book and I've seen no background on Charles' life. So he could have various problems that you don't know about and isn't telling you, just like you have various problems that you're not telling him. So what would make you assume that nothing else is happening in your friend's life if that's not true for literally anyone else that you're talking to? Mm -hmm. She was like, hmm... I'm the main character of the story. You're like, yes, you are. Moving on. So <laughs> afterwards, um, Nima and Gordon developed not necessarily a friend. And also, it would be fine if Charles wasn't okay with just this situation in and of itself. Because Gordon actually isn't nice. He's actually, like, kind of violent. Yeah, no. <laughs> anyway. T- yeah. Yeah. So, Gordon's not. We don't <laughs> We don't love Gordon, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, you see it for him, but I don't know. So anyway, so Nima and Gordon develop not necessarily a friendship, but an alliance of a sort because she's got to go. She wants to go to this drag show again, and Gordon wants to go, kind of, and he needs an excuse, and she doesn't have a car. So Gordon's like, I'll drive you to the drag show. Anyway, so they end up mm-hmm. going, and Nima kind of gets, like, recruited <laughs> into doing, uh, like, the amateur hour of the performance so this person who ends up we learned later is winnow's ex is like doing her makeup and getting her ready and is being like super touchy-feely um and nima's performance is like messy and it's made more messy because winnow's ex who she doesn't know is winnow's ex starts making out with her during the performance and everyone's like whoa this is great um it wasn't great (laughs) it was like messy it was like messy enough to be fun yeah like i think that's what everyone was like this is a great it's like great asterisks you know um but while they're there she realizes that winnow is also there and she was like oh no i came here Mm -hmm. to win winnow back and now all she sees is me making out with this person who was actually her ex and the ex is only making out with me to make winnow feel a type of way and doesn't really care about anything is just having a good time and she's like ah and gordon's like doing something else just like vibing i guess and his like Like eating a grilled cheese um with his clone um, (laughs) right it's just like what (laughs) and like gordon like she did tell gordon about the situation and then gordon's like okay I mean, you're not handling this in a way that would make Wino want you back, but you can keep doing what you're doing. And then she's like, ah! So then she, <laughs> so then she calls Deidre. Oh, so first she wins two lessons from, like one of the prizes for her amateur hours, two lessons from Deidre. And while she's there, she actually calls Deidre. She's like, I need to go home. Like, I need to just not be here. Everything about this is terrible so dj drives up which is kind of really great of her because she points out that it is after 12 a.m um oh yeah so dj shows up she um picks them up she picks up her and gordon well first she and gordon are fighting and she's like you know and then like dj shows up and she's like is this is he coming with us is he (laughs) is he part of the team (laughs) is the boy coming (laughs) like she's like yes and so the day she gets them all in her car drives back to her apartment we learn a little bit more about Deidre we learn that she's an accountant you know that she has a lot of side hustles you know like she's like living her life and she you know she's a little little, we don't learn too much about her past we learn that her mom is really supportive of her her father's passed away and her brothers are not supportive of her her, but she's got a a lot of love in her life so it's Mm -hmm. you know she is Again, <laughs> I think we really need a whole story about Deidre. It's fine. 
So anyway, yep. <laughs> she, next day she and so she so Gordon and Nima spend the night, and the next day Deidre starts kind of doing an instruction, like for her free two free lessons. She found like the coupon on the floor, and she like does <laughs> this like really beautiful performance. <laughs> And her like secret hideaway that she's made, which I, she like has this little performance place that she's made for herself where she practices, which I think it was really, I'm of the opinion that every woman should have a room of one's own. Like, I just think that's mm. a thing. And so I really like how she's made this artistic space for herself. Anyway, so she's doing the performance to teach Nima. Gordon gets ruffled to say the least and leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Nima starts practicing and she like, you know, she's like getting better. And like, DJ's like, I really think you could be great at drag. Like, but let's like really work out what, you know, this means to you, not in a way Mm. of performance, but like your own gender identity and finding freedom, you know, kind of like we were talking Mm. about earlier. Let's make this performance, you know, a a space for your reality. So, Meanwhile, Nima was supposed to have contacted Jill the whole time because her dad was away and the only reason Jill let her do this like night of fun and <laughs> excitement is if she right. remembered to keep her phone on and answer Jill's text. Nima was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. she took out her checklist and was like, I have done zero of those things. And Jill was like, <laughs> has called her like 15 times at this point. I was like, Nima, I'm actually, you should be, that's really irresponsible. <laughs> like, yeah. that's a dangerous level of irresponsible because at that point, Jill needs to either call the police because you're missing, you know, or tell your dad, right? Like, yeah. you can't, you're not, you're not of legal age. You can't not call your guardian. Yeah, no, I was that's, like, Nima was like, bro, Jill was texting me all this shit. I mean, I, I sent her a text back. She called me, but child, <laughs> ignore. And I was like, I, I was so stressed for reasons so we'll stressed. get into. Like I get why she did that, but I'm also like Nima. You cannot ignore Jill for two days. Imagine being Jill for those two That's days. Nima saying. at the bar, vibing, lip syncing with Deidre and shit. Jill is worried. Si- Jill can't breathe. Jill can't sleep. Yeah. She's like, yeah. where the fuck is Nima? Is like, God I, damn. I, honestly, I would have. I don't think I would have drove to wherever she was. Like, I oh period. Oh yeah, I would pulled up. I'd have been like, nah, no, no, you're not. And then I'd have been like, oh, and Nima, don't ever ask me to ever go out again. Actually, because. <laughs> <laughs> My God! Yeah, yeah I think no, it's, girl. Maybe it's you can stay at the 30. house. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because we're thirty <laughs> and we're close. We're probably closer to Jill's age than Nima. But like, got like y'all. Like, if to be someone's, go- I, I mean, I get it. Like, your brain's not fully formed. Like, your your whatever prefrontal cortex. But I'm just like the amount of <laughs> anxiety I have. Oh my God. Anyway, I've been in somewhat similar situations, and I <laughs> as the adult in the room, and it's just been like. <gasps> And it's funny because I've been Nima several times, like just being like, <laughs> me too. I don't know why people are so tight with me. Like I got back to them. Damn. And it's just like, yep. this isn't okay. Yeah, it's yeah. true. So I guess we all have our, ne- we're, we're all simultaneously Jill and Nima at the same right, time. Right. Literally. <laughs> so, anyway. So Deidre being like, hmm, not to be the adult in the room, but I should probably take you home. Oh no. But first Jill is like, Hey, um, your mom's here so you know you should probably come back bar everything else that you didn't do <laughs> you <should probably> <laughs> right <laughs> at least return <laughs> for kate and so deidre's like okay i'm gonna drive you back but on the way they stop back at they stop by gordon's place and he's his typical angry self but he gets into the car with deidre even though his father's like standing at the front door and like it's very clear that deidre he feels very seen by deidre and very like 
he he wants to be around her and more than like he's enamored by her, but also is sort of this lifeline, I think. So mm-hmm. anyway, Nima goes back to Jill's place and is basically like, Mom, what the hell? <laughs> and the yeah. mom's like, I don't know. And then she leaves again. And Jill's like, it's not your fault. It's really, Which... really not your fault. <sighs> doing what she needs to do so Nima is really sad and ends up reconnecting with charles which actually goes really well she's like i will tell you everything and i am sorry for mm-hmm. my behavior but hopefully you know some of the things i tell you will make my behavior seem less awful and charles is mm-hmm. like 75 percent of this is yes excusable and 25 percent is because you're my friend <laughs> and i mm-hmm. think that's really sweet um so anyway she's like I want to do more performances. And Charles is like, I'll help. And he does just that. He just helps. He just like finds yeah. the music and they then DJ and Gordon are involved and DJ like orchestrates this whole thing to have the, to have Charles and Gordon work together, which on, truly only an adult in the room could do. Cause Oh yeah. Um, and so they help her practice and she rehearses and like, <laughs> it's actually, they mm-hmm. become like a strange ragtag team. Like there's a, like they're being supportive, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's like this point where like, like Nima's practicing in the car over to the show and she's just like, keeps repeating the song so many times that like Gordon takes the phone and like throws it on the ground and like Charles <laughs> doesn't even say anything because they're like, I think they're all just like so sick of listening They're like, to oh my God, thing. Nima, please, I swear to God, you know the song. Stop it. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> there are limits <laughs> there are limits so anyway oh but in between her doing her next performance and um, her practicing she runs into winnow again at like i don't know some a diner or something i think she's oh yeah oh wow yeah. i completely forgot about that yeah you're right yeah, she does a really sweet thing where she wants to take Deidre out for dinner for all the things she's done for her, which I think is really sweet. And then um, she sees Winnow and she's like, hey, I'm so sorry about everything. I'm doing a show if you want to come. And Winnow's like, eh, I'll think about it. And, you know, she has her friend across from her who's like being judgmental, but like, whatever. You need a judgmental friend every once in a We do. Yeah. So the night of the performance comes. Nima does her performance. She's super amazing. It's mm-hmm. really fun. Winnow's there. They reconnect. And, you know, everyone it becomes a somewhat better person. And woo, woo, woo. And the no. book <laughs> is over. <laughs> like we said at the wick, we said in the first part, like everything will be fine. And everything right. was fine. And everything was basically fine um yeah and pretty much it was also one of that like one of those ensemble moments where like basically everybody was at the drag show like jill was there charles gordon deidre winnow not Not jenny actually or kate or her dad actually yeah or dad and not gordon's dad either but like her dad wasn't there because he was probably at home like meditating or something not because he's like a problem he was right exactly at home yeah so so all right well um (laughs) <laughs> take a break <laughs> they're like y'all are really on that last day energy yes we are yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> when we come back it'll probably just be a short discussion section there's not much to say but we'll see you on a bit sounds good and we're back woo 
Yes. So let us get into our thoughts and feelings. Um, before we get into, I guess, any like formal questions, um, just wanted to start with like impressions, just thoughts on the brain and things like that. Generally speaking, um, I mean, this this book, this book gave what it needed to give. You know what I mean? Like, mm. part one, we were like, can we just exhale for a little bit? Mm, okay. Can we, just, can we just take a second to, like, have a lighthearted story, just do the things? I feel like this book definitely did that um, in all the ways that um, I was sort of hoping to. But at the same time, it had a lot of, like, nuance and, like, you know, some difficulty in it where it was like, okay, like, there is, like, some serious elements here. But ultimately, like everything's gonna be fine like things are just generally going to work out um so that was good um i will say to your point i did love the the end had a very like montage feel to it which i really liked um like just like with like nima and dj rehearsing and then like you know charles and gordon doing their thing like i kind of like that the four of them became like yeah that ragtag my biggest thing though was that the whole time i was like we gave Gordon so much time in this book to have a whole redemption arc and blah, 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 blah. Like I would have loved, like it's, it's okay if like Charles and Nima had a falling out at some point, right? Like whatever. I just wish that Charles is reintroduced into the story a lot sooner. Cause like Mm. it did kind of feel like, I remember literally being in like when Nima's like doing drag and shit, I'm like, where the fuck is Charles? Like we, like, like we have not heard of Charles in like eight chapters. Um, and so, I don't know, it just kind of felt like I would have loved to see a little bit more there. Also, when I tell you, child, I, I will I will personally buy Deidre a massage because when I tell you Mama carried the story, when I tell you Deidre single-handedly yeah. <laughs> carried this fucking story, at least part two, I was like... Where will we be without Deidre? Literally, where will we be without Deidre? Yeah. Nowhere. Because actually, everyone else is ill-equipped to, to handle anything handle else. <laughs> um, and Deidre, I'm like, not Deidre literally just like swooping in and like being like the parent, the mentor, the friend that everybody needed. You know what I mean? Like, literally um, everyone. Everyone in the story. And I'm just like, that's just so, it's just really wild. And I'm like. It was reminding me of um oh my god oh, you you I remember you mentioned her in part one and I and, and it Kamaya, was really come on there we go yeah it was very much giving that you know like I'm just like so we just have black femmes like doing all this labor mm-hmm. and I'm just like this is I'm like glad that Deidre's there to you know glad that like folks are finding some level of support but also I'm like Deidre who's filling your cup you know I, like I'm yeah, like who's can I What's be that? petty? Can I just be like no, be a petty. little be petty, petty for a second? Yeah. I'm just thinking about P from um, They Come In All Colors. Well, you know, we mentioned Kamaya, we mentioned Deidre. I just, mm-hmm. I'm just seeing this theme in literature and in the real world. And I've experienced it myself where people are like, Akko, so magical. Fix my problems for me. Like this mm. magical thinking and it's just like really dehumanizing. <laughs> like, I just think mm-hmm. everyone needs to realize that like it's really fucking annoying because it's a lot of this like main character energy. I'm allowed to be a nuanced individual and do all this stuff. And you're just like here to help me on my journey of like 
my nuanced main character energy and it's just like right. i don't know but i know there's like eight stereotypes to build built up to like people thinking this is what black femme folks are around for um mm. i just really you know keep that same energy when like black women's mortality rates during childbirth are so high like keep that same energy mm. when black trans women are being murdered like keep, you know what i mean like mm. it just i'm just starting to get a little irritated with this like black woman superhero trope without any social assistance <laughs> it's like black right. women save the election black women say and you're like okay so is anyone but at the same time like black women are the the butt of all the jokes from society like black you know it's just like i don't mm. understand where i don't know the u.s the west got off <laughs> on this idea that we would both be like the butt of a joke and the superhero in the end and like mm -hmm. you know you will hear black women say you, you're our biggest allies are each other <laughs> because when you mm -hmm. go one way direction or the other you're running into hurtful stereotypes and this idea that you should be burdened you know with keeping things together keep the family together ride or die yaddy yeah like yaddy mm -hmm. fucking da <laughs> like, but then when you need someone to come save you from whatever social turmoil that you put yourself in call a, a gregarious black woman like i just and that's this is not shade at the book the book is fine but i just mm -hmm. i just see it too often and it's getting on my nerves because no one's thinking about the mental health of black women that's a, a severely under-researched <laughs> area mm -hmm. of study you know like no one's thinking about our physical health no one's thinking about the intersections that leave black mm -hmm. femme girls and adults in any way whatever i'm gonna get off my soapbox i'm just brushing off the top because this is maybe not the time or place or maybe it is because it's a book club i don't yeah, know I but i'm it is i i think so um i don't know i feel like i keep letting it ride but i'm starting to get annoyed <laughs> mm -hmm. i might the next time it happens in the book i might not we might not finish it because i just i don't see society stopping at doing it enough for me to like let it go <laughs> so yeah. Akko's like a little annoyed i don't know it's like i don't want other people cons consuming my magic like mm -hmm. and me not getting to rest you know and like nima buys Deidre dinner and like nima's 17 and like what can nima really do for this adult right. woman but it's mm -hmm. just like that just seems to constantly be the case and i just like wonder if the roles were reverse i just keep and I know because I am a black woman that a lot of times when the roles are reversed, the adult doesn't act like an adult for you. And you are mm. stuck being the adult for people who are older than you. And then you have to grow mm. up and be the adult for, you know, and I, that's a lot of people for a lot of things, obviously, but I'm mm. just talking about this specific intersection. And then it's like, because you, you held the pain well, because you held the responsibility well, you're magical. I don't know. It's it's starting to feel like a double edged sword. I'm not, I'm not mm. sure how I, I'm not sure how I like it. Like I'm not sure I'm. It sits okay with me. So anyway, yeah. that's my thought there. It's that's less about the book and more like a thought I've been having, mm -hmm. and this book made me think more about it. So yeah, no, I feel you. I mean, and and again, I, I, I mean, I, I agree. I, I definitely think. I mean, this. It's complicated because I think in, in some ways when, like, I think the book tries to 
challenged some of that in some subtle ways by, you know, talking more about like Deidre's backstory and like, Agreed. you know, Agreed. kind of giving insight into her character. But like also ultimately at the same time, it's like, I mean, where's Nima's dad? Where's Jill? You know, like, it's just like, it's, it just seems <laughs> yeah. like Deidre's like, I mean, literally to the point where like Nima's dad is like, oh, it's cool. Like Deidre can take you to the party, like whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's almost, it's like this surrogate parental role is like being just like extended to Deidre with like no compensation, <laughs> you know, like it's just kind of yeah. like, oh, like Deidre will just be there. And like, and, you know, there's this, like, this is, there's this effect of, um, you know, like Gordon has this, Charles has this. Whenever Deidre just like is in a scene, like there's always descriptions of people being like so enamored, and they're like, Deidre just has that effect on people. Like she just like you know she can just do whatever. Like she's uh, like literally magical. Like just like this like she transcends like humanity in a way that I think yeah. for a lot of like I think people folks think it's a positive stereotype. I, I think people think it's yeah. a positive thing, but it's it's. Maybe it's not, y'all. <laughs> Let me just put it out there. Maybe it's not. Maybe al- being allowed to be embarrassing and messy and having someone support you the way Nima supported, maybe that's what black girls, black women, black trans folks need, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. like Because in a way, you're taking away our humanity, right? Like, right. It's, it's, it might be another harmful stereotype. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't think that's the person's intent. Like, I think they were trying, the the author was trying to write, like you're saying, like the subtleties, you know, Deidre's an accountant. They learn a little bit more about her life. But like, how much is a 17-year-old really going to know about, you know, a 35-year-old's life? Not, you know, <laughs> she's not right. going to feel comfortable sharing all that much. But it's just, I guess, when you put it in the this scheme of, of books and the zeitgeist in general, it, it can be a little frustrating. Yeah. So I don't know. Because then also the the other side of that, right, is like, okay, like what happens to black women, black femmes that don't participate in that or are unwilling yeah. to, because it, it just creates another form of transaction, right? It's like, okay, yeah. like your currency is afforded by the assumption that you're going to perform this labor. And if you don't, yeah. then like, then what? Right. And then With, it's like and people, you know what happens? To, people pull away care. I Like exactly. that, I can tell you that that's what's happened because that's happened to me where I, if you do not p- perform this type of social role, if you are upset, sad, anxious, you know, if you're not giving me the satisfaction of making everything feel okay and, mm-hmm. you know, glamorous and like you have it together, suddenly you don't fulfill the role I need and I no longer need to interact with you. Right. It's like, there's a selfishness there, y'all. Like that's not obviously that's not what Nima is doing, um, but there is that role and the 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 other side of that role in real life that is pretty serious. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's something I wanted to point out. Maybe it's because it has personally affected me, and maybe that's why I'm frustrated. Yeah. Even if it didn't personally affect you, it's it's still you know. It's it's still an upsetting dynamic. It's still something that, you know, yeah. people should notice and be like, yeah, what if we didn't do that? Um, so, so yeah. <sighs> um. Okay, well, let's hope, I'm going to try and turn it around on a happy note, which maybe I shouldn't be doing, but um, what did you think of the the quote laugh at yourself laugh at others let them laugh at you and dance 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 like a goddamn fool 
Oh, uh, well, one, I fucking loved that quote. Uh, for context, this is what this is the mantra that Deidre taught. Again, Deidre performed, whatever. This is what Deidre <laughs> told Nima before her final performance at the end of the book. Um, that was kind of the advice that she gave her. And I fucking loved it. I literally like went back and wrote it down because I was like, that's just such a like. I feel like that's such a humble place to go back to, like just a willingness to laugh at oneself, laugh at other people, let them laugh at you and just like enjoy yourself express. Like I'm like, that's, I think especially in something like in the vein of like dance or like a performance, like I think that's so important to center on. And of course, you know, like that, that's complicated too, right? Because if this is like your, you know, primary form of gaining income and things like that, then yeah, like the stakes are higher, right? Because like, it's like survival Mm -hmm. is on the line. But if you were in a space where you were allowed to kind of tap into that exploration, or at the very least, even if you are doing this more, you know, for for work, um, being able to channel sort of the joy behind it, I think is just so important. Um, so it's like less so a focus on like being perfect and doing everything right, but like just like enjoying yourself the whole time. I just I just thought it was really dope. Um, and it's actually very timely because, like, at the time of this recording, I by the time y'all hear this, I'll be actually doing my own drag performance in two days. <laughs> and so I was Woo. like, thank you, Deidre. Thank you. Really, really appreciate that. Like, high key, high key might say that to myself a couple of times because I know once Sunday comes, I'm about to be... <laughs> yeah, pray for me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, what what did you think, friends? Yeah, I, I think it's good. You know, I think it echoes what you said at the beginning of the the episode um where it's like sometimes you just need reminders not to take life too seriously i mean life is serious let's be real but life is also unserious sometimes and it should be and Mm -hmm. i think you know every time something moderately embarrassing happens something that's stomachable you know (laughs) it's a reminder Mm -hmm. like a little ripple in the seriousness of existence you know it's it's so I think that's true, right? Like mm-hmm. laugh at yourself that maybe you won't feel so seriously about things. Laugh at others and maybe you won't take them so seriously, you know, let them mm-hmm. laugh at you and then it's reciprocal. And then, right. yeah, just like move your body through the world however you feel that you want to, even if it doesn't meet social conventions. And I, mm-hmm. and I think that's enough, you know, that's, it's probably not enough, but it's probably not a bad place to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah that's right so, yeah that's well all right you know if you had final thoughts you know you could hit us up at these colored pages at gmail.com or you could check out our website at these com, or you know you could do none of those things eat your you know orange flavored vanilla popsicle and enjoy <laughs> the summer <laughs> <laughs> yes of course and if this episode brought you any love light delight please feel free to leave us some love wherever you're listening to this podcast which could be have a podcast spotify soundcloud wherever right um we appreciate any comments rating reviews those always help us out a lot also if you know somebody in your life where you're like you know what you need um this book about drag and like nema's social progression um i will say we we didn't really get into this as much in part two but like this book is actually pretty hilarious like i there, i legitimately yeah, laughed is. out loud at it several is. parts so like please high key recommend but yes if you know someone that's like looking for a good laugh or anything like that please feel free to send them this episode no context and then just take your phone and 
Anna, maybe use it as like a makeup mirror as you do your own drag makeup Ooh. and like prepare to, you know, really just have a night out and really, you know, really just really give it to the crowd. You know what I mean? So yes now next time we will be getting into the summer short series um with a story mm-hmm. that we will discuss <laughs> next time yes y'all we're bringing it back we're bringing we're back bringing the back. chaos um right. so we're gonna we do we something we didn't we did not improve did we learn no 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 so we're just gonna Bring back a short story or play or something else entirely. But between now and then, (laughs) Akira, are there any other things we should leave our listeners with before we head out? Moderate confusion and low expectations. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No. Until Until we meet again, just remember to stay Stay colorful. colorful.